Okay, our reading today comes from the, the last uh, chapter of the book of Titus. We're going to be reading from Titus 3, verses 1 to 15. I'm going to read from here. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating everyone. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful in their self, and are, they are self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis and Tychius to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I've decided to enter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way to see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Loving and holy God, we come to you in this moment and we thank you that you meet us here. That as we've worshipped, we have lifted up our hearts and our lives to you. And as we continue to worship you through the, the moment of gathering around your holy scriptures, that you would speak into our hearts and our lives. So be with us now as only you can, Almighty God, and strengthen us. For we ask this in your holy and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Friends, all of us here today have a past, a present, and a future. I don't know about you, but, but how did yesterday go for you? Particularly at about <clears throat> almost 10, just after 10 o'clock. Anyone know what I'm talking about? That which we shall not mention today, right? Okay, so that's yesterday, and, and all of us have our yesterday moments, right? I, I believe it's yesterday that got us to where we are today. Anyone not have a yesterday? Then I think, how did you magically appear in this moment? Guys, did you have a yesterday, kids? Okay, so you, you had parties, you played, you had all the stuff, and then tomorrow is the days when we go back to school, right? But the reality is each and every one of us have a past, a present, and a future. But we get to choose where we live between the past, the present, and the future. Now, there are some people who on the extreme side of this, 
decide that they want to live in the past. I don't know if you know someone, I often refer to them as the when-we's. Anyone know a when-we? I'm just going to leave it there for a moment. You see, we, we often use the, 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 the glasses or the, the, the lens of the past to relate to the things of the present, where we, we seek to want to use the past as our reference point for everything that's happening in life at this moment. Anyone know someone like that? Almost to the extent that some people go and they see the rearview mirror and that's how they live. They live looking backwards while they're driving forwards. Then there's those who, on the other side of this, live just for the present. They, they, there's no past and, and there's no future. They, they live for the here and now. And their philosophy in life is that today is all that we might have. So we live today to the full and let tomorrow worry about itself. They, they focus on the here and now only. There's a sense of what they call, and this is a big word, guys, hedonism. You, you got it? Hedonism. It's a, quite a big word. But it basically means that they, they live a selfish life of seeking pleasure, of, of wanting to, to, to be inwardly focused all the time. Sounds familiar, doesn't it, to the world around us in many aspects. And then there's the, the last one, the, what I refer to as the dreamer. The person who says, ah, don't worry about the past. And they're so focused on the future. They, they're so focused on, on what might come. And they, 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 they're so focused there that they, they miss being present in the moment, in the present moment. And they, they miss the lessons that have been learned from the past. Anyone know what I'm talking about? The reality is that each and every one of us live in some of those spaces, the past, the present, and the future, in our daily living or in our weekly living. But we get to choose to live. And perhaps a healthy balance for this would be that we learn the lessons of the past. Anyone learn lessons from the past? I think we all have, right? You all have learned lessons from the past. We, we live in the present moment and we plan and prepare for the future. We live with a hope for the future. Our reading from Titus 3, as we wrap up the series on Titus, is a moment in which we encounter all three of these, past, present, and future, combining in one reading. And, and I want to take a look at what that looks like for us through our reading today. The past. Obviously, that's a good place to start, right? The Apostle Paul in our reading says in verse 3 to 7, At one time we too were foolish disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Friends, we're all children of God. Are you a child of God? Turn to the person next to you, tell them, are you a child of God? Okay. The reality is, as a child of God, someone who has come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, we all have a past. Anyone know the past that you had? Anyone? 
Um, I don't want any answers, please. No hands up here in this moment. The reality is that our past has been forgiven. Can I use another word? Our past has been redeemed. All the sins of our past have been forgiven. However, a lot of people go into the present dragging one leg. And you know what what I'm talking about? We drag those things that we've been forgiven of into our present living. The reality is that Jesus has set us free from the sins of the past. We're forgiven. Uh, He he even tells us, as Paul writes these words to to Titus, we, we hear these words, that we have been set free from foolishness, from being foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved to all kinds of passions and pleasures. Anyone know the passions and pleasures I'm talking about? Now, that's an extra chocolate as well, or sweet. Anyone know those sweets that you've had too much? And that tummy just, mm mm-mm. Anyone know what I'm talking about? When your stomach hurts after eating too much sweets? You see, we get tied up, ensnared by the chains of those passions and desires. And Jesus has forgiven us. As we confess and come into that space, we are set free. Our chains are broken and we're set free. Not by anything that we could do. Like we could break our own chains, right? But there's a moment in which, through God's kindness and love, God has made the first step. God has come in and He has become our Savior. I love the way Eugene Peterson, in his message version of the Bible, paraphrases the Scripture. And I want you to hear these words. But when God, our kind and loving Savior God, stepped in, He saved us from all that. It was all, it was all His doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath and we came out of it new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out new life so generously. God's gift has restored our relationship with Him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come, an eternity of it. And you can count on this. Now friends, we've been set free from those chains. But we need to start living like it. We've been made right with God, not by anything that we can do, but by the grace of God. I love the way last week Lynn shared with us a definition of faith, and one that has stuck with me this week as well. It was, we don't get what we deserve, but what we need. I want you to hear that. We don't get what we deserve, but what we need. And that's what we get. We don't get what our sins deserve. Instead, we get set free because we need to be set free by God. And it's by the kindness and love of God that He has done this for us. That we've received it. And as we receive it, we've been made clean and made right with God. You see, God has made us right with God. Nothing we can do can make us right with God. And God has given us back our lives. We become children of God. I love the word that's used here. Now, you've got parents, right? Okay, I'm just wanting to double check. Or guardians at least. Okay. The language used here isn't friends. I want you to hear that language. We don't become friends with God. We become heirs of God. 
What does an heir get? When someone passes away, what does an heir of that person get? Anyone? They get an inheritance. So they get something that they're left in the world or whatever. But it means that you become part of the family. So through Jesus and his work, we become part of God's family. And because we become part of God's family, God says, I love you enough. I love you enough to make you right with me. I'm going to take the first step and make you right with me. So that's the past. And we stand in that moment of making a decision to allow Jesus to, to make us clean. Receiving that invitation initiated by God. And we've made that decision. If you haven't, the leaders are here and I'm also here to have a chat with you after the service. And we can help you with that as well. So that brings us to the present. You see, as the children of God, we need to live in relationship with God in our everyday living. In other words, we need to live it not yesterday, because you can't live yesterday today, can you? Children, can you live yesterday today? Doesn't sound right, does it? You can't live tomorrow today, can you? As much as some people want to live tomorrow today, they can't. The reality is, we have to live in the present moment. Has anyone stared at their, their, their watch and just said, go faster, go faster, or go slower? Do you have any control over it? Anyone? We don't have any control over that, do we? So we need to begin living in the present. We need to live about who we are becoming. In other words, becoming. Through God's work in our lives. I love the way the, the, the reader, and, and as Paul writes to Titus, he speaks about having a bath. Now I'm hoping all of you have had a bath. Guys, have you had a bath? Are you sure? Clean behind the ears? Just checking. There's a moment in which God does that for us. He scrubs us clean inside and out through the work of God in our lives, through the work of the, the Holy Spirit in our lives, cleaning us up, making us who we are supposed to be. And it's through the work of this Holy Spirit in our lives that we're empowered. And we begin learning from Jesus what it means to be in relationship with God and each other. You see, we, we live out this relationship with God and each other when? Can we say, in the present, in the moment. We can't live it out yesterday or in the future, but we, we live out that relationship in the present with God and those around us. Because we're formed in the image of God. You see, we begin living out this relationship and we begin being cleaned up into the image in which we were originally made, which is God's image. And God is good. We sang a song earlier on. Do you remember it? Good, good? Good, good? So we sang about this good, good Father who is God. The one who is good. There's a, there's a greeting that we, we share with each other. God is good? All the time? Should we try that again? What was it about a 30%? Uh, Megs, were you? God is good? All the time? All the time? Amen. There's a moment in which in our reading, Titus is instructed by the Apostle Paul three times in, our one, in this reading today to remind the church in Crete to be good and to do good. To do good. In, in verse 1 we read, be ready to do whatever is good. In verse 8, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. And again at the end of our reading in verse 14, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is 
Did you guys get that word good? So there's something about this, this good that needs to, to happen in the reading here. Both past, present, and future. But what does this good look like that we need to live out? God is good? All the time? So if God is good and we believe that God is good, what does that look like for us? What does it look like for us to live out this goodness of God because we're made in the image of God? Can I suggest that it, in our reading we get some ideas? And as Paul writes to Titus, we're told that it's about faithful serviceness. Faithful service. Has anyone started something and seen it through? Guys, have you started something and seen it through? Guys over here, have you started something and seen it through? Over here? Right at the back there? Over there? So we all know what it means to begin starting something and seeing it through. Can I say faithful service? It's about seeing it through, starting something, and being faithful in doing what we say we're going to be doing. And there's a deep sense of humility that comes into that space as well. The second is acts of love. Do you know how to love someone? Acts of love, acts of service. Acts of going up to someone and saying, listen, I see you having a bad day. It's going to be okay. God's with you. Maybe coming alongside someone you know who's hurting and just being there. Maybe just being a space for them. Being an ear. Maybe someone who just needs you to be present with them. Or maybe they need a little bit more than that. They need an encouragement or something along those lines. Can we say acts of love? And then involvement in matters out in the world as well. So in short, what I'm saying is, in our reading, we, we hear that we need to live out this kindness and love of God in all that we do. Doing good towards those we meet and towards those in authority. Now, John Wesley is, is quoted as having said a statement. And I, I received this card a good couple of years ago. It was actually in, probably about 2018 in one of the churches I was serving back then. And it's a saying that's quoted by, or ascribed to John Wesley, and it says this, and I'm sure you'll recognize these words. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, in all the times you can, to all the people you can, for as long as ever you can. Do you hear those words? Did anyone recognize them? A few nods there. Do all the good you can. And that's what it means to live in the present. As a child of God, we have a God who is good. God is good? So God is good all the time. So therefore, those made in the image of God, we need to begin living out this good all the time. Do you children know what it means to be good? You've been really good today already. Okay. Then that leaves the future. So we've spoken about the past coming into relationship with God. The present living out that relationship by doing good, loving kindness. And then from there, what do we look for the future? You see, as the disciples of Jesus, we need to work for the good of others. So it's not just about us. Anyone think everything's about you? Well, you're wrong. God told us, He gave us a command. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and love your as you love your so it's about loving this other person next to you, right? So there's a sense in which we need to begin loving others as well. And, and that good working through us is loving them as we love ourselves. Helping them come into a relationship with God through the way we live out our lives and the spaces we find ourselves as well. 
Because as we do this, we, we become a beacon. Can I say, we, we become a beacon. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that are happening that are not right in the world around us. Darkness, hopelessness. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Load shedding style, when the lights go dim, we light the candles, right? And there's a moment which, through Christ, we're called to be beacons of God's light and God's hope to the world around us. I don't know about you, but, but doing good in a world where, where people are so self-absorbed about themselves, when doing things, showing the acts of love and kindness, goes against that. It's very countercultural, isn't it? And it's in that space of showing that, that we begin helping the world to see that there's something different out there. That there is hope. That there is healing. That there's transformation. That comes through God. And as we begin living out that good into the world around us, through love and through kindness, we begin helping others break their chains as they come to Jesus as well. Because as we live out this life, it's not our own life that we're living out. I love the way Matthew writes it. He says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. A light cannot be put under a bushel. We need to let our light shine, right? Anyone know what that light looks like? You can read Matthew 5 later if you really want. Living out that goodness. God's goodness through us to the world. So that others can come into a relationship through God. So as I pull this sermon to a close today, what does this all mean for us? As we bring this whole series of Titus to a close as well. Helping those in the church to live out goodness is a mark of building a healthy church. You see, the letter is primarily aimed at church leaders and bringing about order in the life of the church where Titus was sent to. And you know things aren't always good in different places, right? There's always something going on. And he says helping those in the church live out goodness is a mark of building a healthy church. A, a church where, where all the people live out that goodness in community with one another. Can I ask you to do something? Just turn to the person next to you and tell them that if they're a lady, that they're a sister in Christ. If they're a guy, they're a brother in Christ. Can we do that? Turn to the person next to you. So we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we need to live that out in community with one another, friends, as we work together and become actively involved in loving and living in the life of our church. Because as we do that in community, we encourage one another to grow in faith. But that needs to also spill out beyond the walls of the church to those outside of the church, to the community that surrounds us. And that love needs to go there. You see, bringing the goodness of God into community and the world by living kindness and love, by doing all the good we can and showing love, being God's salt and light. So God is good. And God calls us to be good as well. To live out the goodness of God. Can we do that? I want to encourage you this week to, to find opportunities to live out that goodness that God has placed in you. That goodness in which you are formed in the image of God. Can I invite you to, to make opportunities? Whether it's just a word of encouragement. Maybe one of your family or friends or, or someone you know is going through a hard time. Reach out to them. Pick up your phone and phone them. I think you're going through a hard time. Can I help? I'm here for you. I want to go for coffee. Or maybe there's other things that they might need as well. Maybe you know someone is struggling with, to buy bread and milk. Maybe just drop them off some bread and milk. Maybe, what's that, uh, the appeal for the, 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 the Brave Conference? Maybe buy a ticket for those who can't afford the ticket. 
With that, let's pray. Loving and holy God, we come to you today. And we thank you that in this moment you are a God who is with us, a God who meets us, and a God who continues the journey you've begun with us. And it's in this space that, that we know you are a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you are the God who called us and brought us into your community, your family in the past. And you have grown us and continued to help us to live out that love in the present that we encountered in you. And we ask, Father, that you'd help us to continue to, to live out your grace as beacons of hope through our love and our kindness to the world as we focus on the future. Be with us in this week that lies ahead, that we may know that you are there, whatever lies ahead, whether it's going back to school or whether it's work or whatever may be ahead of us this week. And it's in that space that we ask Almighty God for more of you. Strengthen us to be able to live out the goodness that you've placed in us. We ask this in your precious name, Jesus, now and always. Amen.